0: You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. radio, radio, radio.
3: Chip Kelly, sunburnt. How, how about that headline, uh, Rich Ornberger, as Pitt has just come back in thrilling fashion to knock off UCLA in the Sun Bowl, 37-35 wow. to 35 in El Paso. What a game. What a finish.
4: There have been a couple of close finishes lately here in the uh, college football bowl festivities. I was on the call for the radio call for the Holiday Bowl uh, at Peco Park, where the Padres play, it was the first ever game, football game uh, hosted at Peco Park between the Oregon Ducks and the UNC Tar Heels. And that game came down to a last second Hail Mary attempt, uh, but came up short, and the Oregon Ducks won twenty-eight twenty-seven. 27. So, yeah, certainly UNC can feel. Uh, the Bruins pain there. And also the Bruins, there's actually an interesting entanglement here. The Bruins, their last bowl invite was to the Holiday Bowl. That was last year. That was supposed to be the first game ever hosted or football game ever hosted at Petco Park. But unfortunately, because of COVID issues, uh, yeah. the day of the game, I'm not even kidding. So I was, was going to be on the radio call for last year's Holiday Bowl as well. It was canceled because as I was driving to the ballpark to call the game, all of a sudden, I get a text message from my play-by-play voice uh, who I was going to meet at the booth, and I look down at my phone. I'm like, I'll check it when I get to the parking lot. He's just probably text me, like, hey, where are you at? And then all of a sudden my phone rings, and it's my, my buddy John, who I'm doing play-by-play with, so I pick up the phone. I'm like, what's going on? He goes, yeah, uh, UCLA is like halfway up the I-5. This game is canceled. And I was like, ha, 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 when are you getting over to the stadium? And he's like, <laughs> no, I'm dead serious. This game is canceled. And sure enough, yeah, so there was no holiday bowl for two years, and then uh, this was the first year back, and it was a thriller, just like we saw between Pitt and the Bruins today.
3: Who were they supposed to play last year? NC State. Oh, yeah. NC State traveled the whole way. That's right.
4: Oh, All their fans. Yes. The coach, everybody was so pissed. And Chip Kelly was just like, nope, can't do it. Sorry.
3: Can't do it. (laughs) Not going to do it. Can't win with them. Can't do it. (laughs) uh,
5: Cannot win with them. (laughs) Cannot coach with them. Can't do it. (laughs) Can't do it.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Singletary to the rescue. So uh, Pitt gets the win. In the Sun Bowl over UCLA. On a side note to that, are they going to hold the Holiday Bowl at the that Snapdragon in future years, or is it going to be at Petco still? Because now you got the sta- you got the stadium. I just don't know if capacity is where they wanted, or what's the deal down there.
4: Right. Yeah. That's uh. Well, so I know that. The Snapdragon Stadium's expandable. They're they're sitting at thirty five thousand seats right now. So if they ever wanted to host it and needed to add seats, apparently they can. Uh the other thing about it is I, I'm curious what the contract with the bowl committee looks like between the Padres and and the committee, the holiday bowl committee, because they spent they spent a pretty penny. I mean it was northwards of a million dollars or more retrofitting petco park to be able to house a football game mm. and then you know for the first one to be canceled the second one went off pretty well and because yeah. oregon is on the west coast they traveled well the announced attendance was thirty-six thousand, and it was like nine to one oregon to sure. tar heels fans and it, it was a full stadium it was a lot
3: of fun and it's uh holiday bowl one of those other uh, classic bowls that you will uh you Will get in bowl season. We are broadcasting live from the tirerec.com studios. Tirerec.com will help you get there. An unmatched selection, fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, and over 10,000 recommended installers. Tirerec.com, the way tire buying should be. There will be no bowl for the Denver Broncos. Oh, yes, no Super Bowl. Uh, toilet bowl, maybe. So sure that's a joke that some eight year old out there was able to make <laughs> along with me. I'm glad to know that we're on the same wavelength. But the Broncos. You got
4: a big laugh out of me. Yeah. I don't, hey. For some reason, toilet I was just like, jokes. hit me right in the
3: tickle button that was (laughs) the toilet bowl oh Oh, boy oh here's iowa sam with the fake laugh guy wait wait. no 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 this all ties back in
4: because right now uh if you've been following the tiktok feed uh uh, russell wilson is tied with the toilets in his house he has 12 touchdowns and he has 12 toilets at his house with ciara and so we're not sure if he's going to be able to
3: to the toilets right now are holding strong (laughs) Broncos country, let's flush. <laughs> Broncos country, let's flush. Just keep Broncos that. country, let's flush.
4: We need another take, but with this time with more passion. I, I, I
3: love, I love Jerry Judy, now coming to the defense of Russell Wilson. I love Garrett Bowles coming to the defense of Russell Wilson. I don't love how it took him 17 weeks to come to the defense of Russell Wilson. And this is, you know, I was talking with our executive producer Jason Stewart, who's who's here as well. And Jason, you can chime in whenever you'd like. But it's what took so long? Like, like it was, it was, was like, were they sitting there and being like, you know what, this parking space thing is just gone too far. This that is the last straw. Like, I just don't understand on why it took them until week seventeen to stand up and support Russell Wilson when he has really been under the microscope ever since they lost to Seattle. I don't get it.
4: Yeah, I, I don't get this really either. The timing is odd. And then even the way the, the defense of Russell Wilson, it was kind of odd too. Look, I, here's the thing. Just because two guys on a team spoke out about a, a player uh, doesn't mean that that's necessarily representative of how the entire locker room feels about that player. I mean, he, he obviously is going to have friends wherever he is. And I'm not even, again, speculating on whether or not Russ is a sincere guy or not. I don't know him personally. But some of the things that you've heard from guys who have played with him in the past, guys who uh, apparently he had good relationships with in the past, where you need to go through someone to get, him, get to him. Like, if, if, you're, you, if you're a teammate, you should be able to, you know, if you're close with a guy, get on the phone with him you know and and it sounds like for certain people or or maybe all you know depending on who you talk to uh he was given like uh, these these teammates were given an assistance phone number so that if you want to get in touch with Russ you got to you got to make uh you got to make a meeting happen with his business manager before you get you know so it's mm-hmm. just Like some of those things, it just all seems a little bit impersonal. But again, these are sourced reports or these are first-person accounts. And who knows, maybe some of those guys who are mentioning these things have an axe to grind specifically with Russ Wilson. So take it or leave it. But the timing is bizarre. For Garrett Bowles to wait all the way until the second to last week of the season and for Jerry Judy to do the same before rushing to the defense of this apparently great guy who everybody loves in that locker room yeah why why now why how about when like he was absolutely being trashed at any
3: other point throughout the yeah. season jason you used the word was it coordinated Was the
6: that- whole thing yesterday was strange guys because and this is what's kind of fishy to me right uh The two defenses – so K.J. Hamler, I think, also came to his defense? Yeah, I think so. Jerry Judy, K.J. Hamler, okay. They both on Twitter within an hour came to his defense um, by retweeting the Barstool sports story that he has his own office and parking spot and then coming to his defense in their own words. And then shortly after, the Denver Broncos team site retweeted both of those defenses. And to me, that just sounds too coordinated. Like it, and it's odd for a team site, first of all, to retweet something that has any any negativity about a player. Yeah. But then to do it on the same day with it, like within an hour of each other, it's almost as if, if you want to take it a step further, the team went to these players and said, "Do us a favor, quote tweet that one that one tweet, and then write something nice about Russ because we want to put it on our Twitter feed."
4: Yeah. Yeah, it, it's strange, man. That That is a good way to describe it. It did feel like a lot of the things, unfortunately, that occur throughout the course of Russell Wilson's uh, uh, career, it felt very contrived. It felt very coordinated, to use your words. It felt very, I don't know, insincere. Because all of a sudden, all at once, three different Broncos decide this is the week yeah. to speak up.
3: I, yeah. I, I, the the reason I thought Nathaniel Hackett got fired, and I said I said it on the network this week. The reason I think he got fired is because you had offensive players fighting with offensive players, yeah. and it looked like the team was lost when uh, Dalton Risner and Brett Rippon are having words, and then Rippon gets shoved like that like that that's a sign that the coach has lost his team. So I think that there's there's something with that as well of being like hey other offensive players including linemen who's been injured for more than half the year stick up for Russell Wilson here. And it, and it was coordinated and that's where I think like all of that comes from. By the way, I don't have a problem if Russell Wilson has his own office. That, that, that you know what that tells me that tells me that Russell Wilson actually is is at the team facility and is studying. You're not going to have an office for 53 players. It's it's not going to happen. But I'll tell you what. I'm not sure if 50 of those players would want to sit at you know in, in in the room and have an office. Maybe Russell Wilson lets people in there. A parking spot. Not a big deal. Vets usually get the better parking spot, don't they, Rich? I don't know. I I mean, uh, maybe not. Maybe I'm wrong. But I I would think that there are certain things that are are given to veterans or given to players. And if you have your own office – I think that's actually a good sign that a quarterback is that invested to stay at the facility and to do his own work.
4: Oh no, I'm not. I'm not denying for a second. And I'm that not saying
3: that you are. I, I just yeah. on, on the surface of what of what people were getting up in arms over.
4: Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Like what I was going to say though is I'm not denying for a second that Russell Wilson deserves special treatment above and beyond what some of the other players in that locker room are going to receive. I mean, the investment that the Denver Broncos have made in Russell Wilson alone proves that. He stands heads and shoulders above the rest of that team in terms of his perceived importance. Now, he has to make good on his side of that promise. You know, he needs to start playing better football in order for all of this to make better sense, but it's not for a lack of work ethic. He's one of the harder working guys. I mean, just ask him, he'll tell you. But I mean, it is the proof is in the pudding. The guy does, you know, kill himself to be the best possibly prepared quarterback he can be. And there's no doubt. Nobody's ever questioned how much film he watches, or whether or not it's justified for him to have his own space in the building, to um, you know, to hold meetings with certain skill position players he needs to connect with or watch film. I don't think that's an issue. And I also think it wouldn't be nearly the issue it is if he was playing better and if all this other cringeworthy weirdness wasn't revealed this season. As a result of him leaving Seattle, and some of the creased uh, sheets and some of the the foul feelings leaving that area of the country, it it just it sort of seems like this this all would have been this all would have been easily forgiven and forgotten if the Denver Broncos were a double digit win team, but because they're not, I think the temperature has turned up ramped up at at different times throughout this season, hotter and hotter on Russ. And maybe, okay, so on the side of just, you know, look, I, I mean, there's always reasonable doubt. Maybe all at once a bunch of players decided, hey, enough's enough. We need to come to this dude's defense. And then one started and then a cascade went, you know, whether it's Hamler first and then Jerry Judy or Judy first and then Hamler and then Garrett Bowles, however, whatever order it went in, maybe a couple of his buddies on the team jumped to his defense or again, maybe this was a coordinated effort and maybe I don't know, maybe Russell's agent is friends with KJ Hamler's agent and Garrett sure. Bull's agent and Jerry Judy's agent and maybe they had a little powwow and said, hey could could you just help out my guy? Could you get these guys off the off off, off the, the the couch for a second write a quick tweet saying that he's not this this devil that everybody's portraying him to be? I don't know it's one or the other it just seems a little odd that it all happened at once week 17
3: did did brady have his own office in new england he had an office he could disappear
4: to he had a lot of exceptions made for him you know yeah. he, he had an office he could disappear to uh he had a back room where he could meet with alex guerrero his kind of fitness massage guru um you know they, again these are things that you know they'll th- that teams will make available to their most important players assuming that they remain one of their most important players if they if that if that player feels they need those things to be at their best and i mean russell wilson clearly feels he needs those things to be at his best the problem is he hasn't played his best and all of this goes away winning solves everything so i promise you if the denver broncos have an 11 or 12 win season next year the, the temperature is going to decrease on all this. Hey, you know, there's weirdness around the building, around Russell Wilson. I promise you that.
3: Yeah, we're we're getting all worked up over a parking space. Like, yeah. all right, big deal.
0: Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.
2: Nutrafol.com, spelt N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L, .com, promo code show That's Nutrafol.com, promo code
3: show. Kavino and Rich on Fox Sports Radio. He's Rich Orenberger. I'm Dan buyer On this New Year's Eve Eve, live from the TireRack.com studios, getting a set for Week 17 in the NFL, and also putting a bow on your 2022 two more awards our final two awards and the celebrities uh that that are that are coming out for these awards and I have an inkling on who is who is still to come okay yes yes
4: I'm so excited I mean Shaquille O'Neal Mike Tyson Vin Scully the late Vin Scully from heaven Pete Buttigieg uh who else did we get (laughs) I I mean (laughs) Remember? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's Luke Holtz here. She's trying to tell the head coach. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I mean, we had so many visitors, and uh, yeah, if we have two more. I mean, that is, talk about a New Year's Eve uh, to remember. This is fantastic, and, Dan.
3: And, and before we get to our next guest, I just want to tell you that it's a tradition unlike any other on this New Year's Eve Eve. When the Sun Bowl uh, airs during the week... The TV is left on, and Young and the Restless now is on two of our four TVs in the Fox Sports Radio studios, both in high def and standard def. And not only that, it looks like they're at a costume party. And this actually may be a throwback Young and the Restless episode. I don't know if it's a present time one because some of the styles that we've seen, but... Yes, it looks like it's one from uh when they were really young and restless back yeah. in the day, <laughs>
4: yeah, yeah, this is a best of a lot of lot of lot of say, not us, Dan. We don't go to our best no. of here. It's you and me. We're going to see this thing all the way through until the weekend, but young and the restless, they need to give their stars they need to give their stars a break, so they're doing a they're a little bit of a best of right now
3: and providing a guiding light to the NFL in week seventeen. Is our next guest. He spent eight years in the NFL, and he joins Fox Sports Radio once again to talk professional football. The one and only Stanford Rock joins the program. Stanford, happy new year. Great to have you on again. How are you doing?
5: Pretty good, pretty good. Happy new year to you fellas, and uh, happy holidays as well, man. Man, tough
3: times in Raiderville. Uh, Raider Nation. Oh, my goodness. Yes, Derek Carr. Derek Carr pushed aside, not going to be active, not with the team because he's a distraction. Jarrett Stidham instead gets the start in Las Vegas. Good move or bad move by Josh McDaniels these final two weeks of the year?
5: Oh, man. You know, obviously we see how Devontae Adams came out and and spoke glowingly about Derek Carr, said that nobody in the locker room uh, was applauding that move and things like that, but... Derek Carr leads the league in interceptions. And obviously it's been an underwhelming year for the Las Vegas Raiders. Now, the defense, they have their issues. We all know that. But I am pretty sure you guys would agree the, the Las Vegas Raiders scored 10 points against the Pittsburgh Steelers on Saturday night, Christmas Eve. And when you look at it, I don't think that the Pittsburgh Steelers of 2022 is by any means the steel curtain defense of the 70s. Would you guys agree?
3: Agreed. Yeah,
4: yes. They're, they're certainly a different-looking defense. They're a shower that's curtain.
5: That's it. Yes. And that's, it. that's an issue. And you heard Josh Jacobs after the game basically saying, like, I don't know what to do anymore. You know, he just sounds disheveled. And I think that when you look at it right now, Two more games left against the Kansas City Chiefs. Sunday, it's against the San Francisco 49ers, number one defense in the league. You don't really expect the Raiders to win that game. You don't expect them to have a good day on offense. You don't expect them to beat the Kansas City Chiefs. And I think for Josh McDaniels, he's already made up in his mind that he wants his quarterback, he wants somebody that he can hand pick. Well, That means you're going to have to go ahead and bench Derek Carr. You want to make sure that you don't get him hurt these final two games. That way his 2023 and 2024 salary is not fully guaranteed. That way you can move off of him, waive him, trade him, release him, whatever you're going to do with him in the offseason. So I see why this move was made when it was made.
4: Yeah, you know, I was looking at an infographic that came across my Instagram feed earlier this week when the news about Derek Carr's benching became a reality. It said Raiders, since Derek Carr was drafted in 2014, have had 157 takeaways, which is the fewest in the NFL, and they've allowed 26-plus points per game, which is the most in the NFL. So, Oh,
5: my goodness.
4: You can make the argument that Derek Carr... And the Raiders, this relationship, his efforts to put this team over the top uh, have have been a failure. But I wouldn't put that blame squarely on Derek Carr. Right. You know, it really does feel like over the course of time, Oakland and Las Vegas, both the Raiders defenses that Derek Carr has had to work with have really let him down.
5: Yeah, I mean, I couldn't uh, can't disagree with you on that one. Like I just said, you know, early on, you know, the defense, they have their struggles. They've blown how many 17- uh, to 20-point leads uh, so far this year? So Derek Carr is definitely not the only culprit on this team. I just think that uh, when you look at it in totality, I think that Derek Carr and his interceptions and just certain games where it just seems like, they can't get off the ground. Like they're like, like they're stuck in mud. I look at last year against the New York Giants, last year against the Washington Commanders, You know, certain games where it just seems like they can't even – they're like failure to launch. So, I mean, trust me, it's definitely not all on Derek Carr. There's no doubt about that. I think Derek Carr is a franchise quarterback. I think Derek Carr is a starting quarterback. I just think that over the last couple of years with John Gruden and Josh McDaniels, he just was not necessarily the quarterback quarterback that they would have hand-picked. So obviously you know how offensive-minded head coaches are, offensive coordinators, play callers. They want their guy. And I think that for Derek Carr, he was never the guy that a Josh McDaniels or even a John Gruden wanted.
3: Stanford Rout joining us here on Cavito and Rich on Fox Sports Radio. He's Rich Ornberger. I'm Dan Bayer sitting in today live from the tireact.com studios here on Fox Sports Radio. Stanford, on Monday night we've got uh, a Titanic matchup. Bills and Bengals. You've got the Bills oh, yeah. atop the AFC. Bengals just a game back. Kansas City sitting there at 12-3. and 3. Right now, who do you think is the best team in the AFC?
5: Uh, right now, I would probably have to go with the person that, in my opinion, has the closest not making that comparison all the way, but the closest comparison, if there's anybody, to a Tom Brady in the NFL, and that would be Joe Burrow, the Cincinnati Bengals. Everybody talks about the Kansas City Chiefs. Everybody talks about the Buffalo Bills. The Buffalo Bills, they've, been, they've still been winning games, but they have not looked good as of late. The Kansas City Chiefs, who is, who, who, who is their Achilles heel? Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals. So because of Jamar Chase, because of that aerial passing attack, because of Joe Mixon in the backfield, because of the timely plays they make on defense, and Joe Burrow being the stud that he is, I think Cincinnati Bengals are the team to beat in the AFC.
4: Wow. Yeah. You know, something that kind of slipped under the radar because we're getting nearing the playoffs and, you know, the the announcement was was really done on social media and there hasn't been the big press conference yet. I'm sure there will be. But J.J. Watt announced that this is going to be his final season as an NFL football player as a defensive back and somebody who's been on that side of the football through his career. How do you quantify the greatness of J.J. Watt? Where do you place him all time? Is he one of the best we've ever seen, in your opinion?
5: Oh, there's no doubt about it. He's one of the best. I think it's just a matter of what you call him the best. Uh, Obviously, he wears jersey number 99, so uh, one of my good friends, Warren Sapp, would probably have something to say about that. And also number 99 that plays for the Los Angeles Rams currently. But you can't argue with somebody that's a three-time defensive player of the year. And mind you, all of this was in, what, his first five years of being an NFL player. So you definitely have to put him up there with the greats. There's no doubt about that. J.J. Uh, Watt, a.k.a. SWAT for us uh, for so long that you called him out here in uh, Houston, Texas. And I think that when you look at the longevity of being able to, what to say, I think he's the only player in NFL history to have multiple 20 sack seasons or something like that. I saw some weird stat uh, like that just the other day. You know, I think that, um, the only thing that he's missing on his illustrious resume is that elusive Super Bowl victory, that Super Bowl win, uh, which is which, like I said, he's not going to be able to get. But as far as where he's at in the greater pantheon, uh, or should I say, the Mount Rushmore of uh, defensive players or edge rushers or defensive linemen, he's definitely got to be up there.
3: Last one for me, Stanford Rout joining us here on Fox Sports Radio. Get Stanford on Twitter at routes 26 what would you do if you were the Dolphins into a tongue of Iloa? He's not gonna play against the Patriots in week seventeen. Uh, but how would you handle now that he's uh his situation now that he's suffered another concussion?
5: Oh man, I think that You really got to sit down and talk to him. You got to talk to doctors. And I don't mean team doctors. I don't mean doctors that are affiliated with the Miami Dolphins. You need to talk to somebody that has no skin in the game, somebody that does not have a dog in the fight, and ask them directly. If he continues playing, is he putting himself at a great risk, a lesser quality of life if he continues to play? Uh, If he continues to play, is there a way that we can avoid these concussions going forward i think those tough questions need to be asked and not to anybody who is affiliated with the miami dolphins it needs to be somebody who is completely independent someone who doesn't give a you know what about football does not give a you know what whether the dolphins are going to go to the playoffs whether they're not i think those serious questions need to be had and Tua needs to be there present in those meetings during those discussions, that way he ultimately can make his final decision on whether or not he wants to go ahead and try to maybe come back if they're in the playoffs. But going forward, does he want to continue to play football? Because we all know this is a great game, and this game does not last for long. You get a small window, especially at quarterback, you get a little bit longer of a window, and you have the ability to make – generational changing wealth. And that's something that you just can't find at just any job on planet Earth. So it's a big decision that he has to make about his health. It's a big decision he has to make about the love of his life for a lot of us, which is the great game of football. So it's something that I do not think will be I – don't, I don't think that this will be solidified. I don't think this decision will be arrived in a day. It's going to take some time, and I think that's something that they need to spend the off season doing.
3: Eight-year NFL vet, also now doing work with the Believe Network, Stanford Rout, joining us here on Fox Sports Radio. Stan, thanks so much for the time. We love having you on, love your insight, and have a great New Year. We'll talk to you in 2023.
5: Uh, you guys, be, be good, be safe.
3: Stanford Rout, joining us here on Fox Sports Radio. He's Rich Hornberger. I'm Dan Bayer. It's Covino and Rich here on Fox Sports Radio. And now we go back to the award show and presenting the award for worst team owner in sports this year, Cowboys owner Jerry Jones.
7: My goodness, my goodness. It's an absolute, absolute honor to be here. Ah, uh, Let me find my place here. I'm a little out of sorts. Listen to me. As the owner of the greatest sports franchise on the planet, I have always made sure that I have represented the Dallas Cowboys. The Dallas Cowboys. That's right. With the utmost class and dignity. Listen, unsavory pictures of me with uh, ladies of the night aside, I think I accomplished just that. Good Lord. These gentlemen have not lived up up to those standards this year, however. The nominees for Worst Sports Owner of 2022 are my dear buddy Dan Snyder. (laughs) Though he could have won this award every year for the past 20 years. uh, Dan Snyder uh, had a particularly bad year this year as he is now on the verge of losing his franchise after uh, doing a dance with the U.S. government, having real damning evidence against fellow owners, and also being one, the one who released the emails that ruined uh, John Gruden's career. Uh, speaking of uh, racism and misogyny, okay. the second nominee is son's soon-to-be former owner, Robert Sarver. He will be selling his franchise after an ESPN report in NBA... In NBA... Yeah, an NBA...
3: In NBA. <coughs> it's like a texas arkansas iowa my goodness yes (laughs) jerry's all off game (laughs) here
4: jerry you speak in third person where's
3: steven to pick up the
7: pieces i'm a little i'm a little nervous here i'm not uh, usually uh giving out awards here (laughs) the second nominee is son soon to be uh soon to be former owner robert sarver he'll be selling his franchise uh, after an espn report nba investigation found him to be a really bad guy who was a fan of locker room talk around female employees Oh, the God. third nominee, last but not least, is Jim Irsay, owner of the Colts, for hiring his buddy and his drinking buddy, Jeff Saturday. That might not be as despicable as the two other nominees, but neither of the guys hired a coach that ended up giving
3: up a 33-point lead. Those That's are your nominees right. That's the worst. Great coach nominees, the yeah. Worst coach of the year. Uh, Rich. Worst, excuse me, worst sports owner. Worst of the year. sports, yeah. Worst Why am I so owner. nervous? Why am I listening to Jerry Jones and repeating <laughs> whatever he says? Uh, apparently I am. All right, Rich. Th- this is how I think this falls down. Remember Ursay spoke out against Dan Snyder. Remember oh, that? Yeah. 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 So it's kind of like they're they're at opposite ends, but I think Ursae was on the right side of things. So I'm eliminating Ursay off the get go. I think this is a two horse race. And if Lou Holtz was still around, uh, he's alive. But I mean, for the award ceremony, I think it would be down to Charver and Schneider. That's what I think it would be down to when it comes to these worst owners of 2022.
4: Yeah, I agree. And just I guess the mountain of evidence against Dan Snyder, I would have to assume that. It, I mean, among these three nominees, they're all despicable in their own ways. But Dan Sm- Snyder might be the most despicable. He is despicable er. He he might be yeah. the b-
3: despicable list. He's also so he's also so bad that any Dan Snyder also gets end up putting you know into how bad of a oh, person yeah. he is. Yeah. Um, all right, I'll, Jerry Jones has the envelope. Uh, yes, I do. Thank okay, you. we've got a winner. Where's <laughs> the you. owner in sports? Dan Byer, Rich an
7: Honor to be on your
6: show today. Oh yeah, you. I bad.
7: have the envelope right here, and the winner is. The owner of the year, the worst owner of the year, is in fact Dan Snyder. Wow, uh,
4: well deserved.
3: Wow, no surprise. I'll say this:
4: uh, the only thing he's going to be commanding is the remote control at home here pretty soon. Guy's going to have to uh, sell the uh, sell the team, maybe the yacht, going to retirement.
3: Excuse me, I was just I was just giving this note, Rich. Yeah. Dan Snyder is unable to appear because he is digging up dirt on those who spoke out against uh, him. I will accept his warrant on his oh, behalf. Okay, Jerry, good. There you <laughs> go. You, I, there. I'm not the worst owner in all yeah, sports. No, you I'm are not. I'm great. You are not. There it
6: is. By the way, uh, Jerry joins the first presenter today, probably the last, to dump his own uh, presentation. <laughs> he, he pushed the dump button.
3: All right. In the middle, yeah. In the, the role of Jerry. Jones the role of Jerry Jones played by one, Iowa Sam. Great wow, job. Thank you. Great, thank you, great job. I definitely
7: practiced that a lot more, and uh, it did not go as well as I thought. I was very nervous.
5: <laughs> Settle down just a little bit. <laughs> but uh, thank you for having
3: me. One uh, award to go, plus a special, special day in sports. He's Rich Orenberger. I'm Dan Byer. We wrap it up next year on Cavino and Rich on Fox Sports Radio.
2: Go to TireRack.com slash sports to see their general tires, test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews, and be sure to check out all their current special offers. Great tires and a great deal. What more
1: could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash sports. TireRack.com, the way tire buying
3: should be. You know, I'm Rich on Fox Sports Radio, I'm Dan Beyer. He's Rich Ornberger. It's my final show of 2022. Can't wait to talk to you in 2023. Rich will be back here on Fox Sports Radio tomorrow morning. Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff presented by BetMGM alongside Jared Smith and Brian No, starting at 9 o'clock Eastern time, 6 Pacific. Today is a special day. We'll get to that uh, in just a bit. But it's also special because it's our first annual Fox Sports Radio year-end award show. And our final award, Rich, is about to be handed out. So now, presenting the award... For the biggest sports failure is former second overall pick of the Chargers, Ryan Leaf. Wow! Hey guys,
6: uh, I've been you know I've experienced a lot of failure uh, multiple times in my life. It ended up that uh, being the biggest draft bust in NFL history was really the least of my failures. Uh, but I will say that to each of these nominees, it it's not. How you fall, it's how you get back up again. Um, so the nominees for biggest sports failure of 2022 are uh, Russell Westbrook for okay. being a bad shooter, bad teammate, and for not being able to take a joke. Uh, whether it was going three for 15 from, from three-point range or joining not joining a team huddle or overreacting to being called Westbrook. Uh, Russell Westbrook's return home to L.A. was an absolute failure. Um, the second nominee is Fernando Tatis. Ooh. Wow. Um, is I know Rich there. is very familiar yeah. with this one. The, the most talented shortstop in the game missed the first part of the baseball season after hurting his wrist, motorcycling, and throwing an axe. <laughs> um, then tested positive for PEDs. He's serving an... 80 game suspension. He said it was medication for ringworm. Um, mm. He was an absolute failure in in this this year. And then third, uh, of course, Russell Wilson. Russell has been one of the worst quarterbacks in the NFL. After the Broncos traded high draft picks, multiple current players, and then gave him a contract worth a quarter of a billion dollars, those are your nominees for biggest failure of wow. 2022.
3: Yeah, man. You know, the Tatis portion of it, Rich, I'm just going to say this. Like, I feel like you have to actually be on the field to fail. And he didn't even get to that point. So either that's uh, not eligible or just the ultimate failure. I would put it down to Westbrook and Wilson if, if I had to choose. Um, that That's kind of how I view these nominees.
4: Yeah, I, I mean, I'm kind of with you, but I'm seeing it from the other side of things. Like, I'm thinking Westbrook, I mean, Westbrook, sorry Russell. uh, at least he went out there and he fired balls off the top of the backboard and he gave it the old college try. It just went so much better when he was in l a in college, and then, in terms of Russell Wilson, I mean, there's another ten players on the field offensively, there's another eleven defensively, there's also a head coach who needed to the help of fans counting down the play clock I mean. There were a lot of things that hurt his efforts to get the job done in Denver. So I think if I were left to pick the winner or guess the winner, it would be Fernando Tatis Jr. The only way I could defend him, though, is by saying everybody knows the best way to get rid of Ringworm is massive amounts of androgynous testosterone.
3: (laughs) 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 All right. Oh, the envelope is in the hands of one Ryan Leaf. He didn't think that was funny. It's not funny. It's That's not my funny. Der- that was my Derek Anderson. Yeah, Get yeah. off me, all right? It's not funny. <laughs>
6: um, the winner is, guys, Russell Wilson. Wow.
3: wow. Congratulations, Ru- Russ. Wow. Russell Westbrook finished second in the battle of most disappointing Russell as well, apparently. Wow. Gosh. Congratulations to Russell Wilson.
4: And I say, I say this... Um, uh, here to accept the award on, on Russell's behalf is Garrett Bowles, Jerry Judy, and K.J. Hamler. <laughs> and
3: at least he has an office to display the set award that he's going to get as well.
4: That's right. Yeah, that's right. Uh, those three who rushed to his defense eagerly in week 17, are going to bring it back to his office. And, of course, they'll avoid parking in his parking space at the Denver Broncos facility.
3: My goodness. Uh, We said today was a special day. Not only is it Tiger Woods' birthday, it's LeBron James' birthday. Oh, wow. And Sandy Koufax's birthday as well. Jeez. And one one other legend, Rich, Carson Wentz. So, yes, there is your four. There is your Mount Rushmore. Uh, wow. Maybe one one doesn't belong. Rich, it's been fun. <laughs> Have a great new year, and we'll talk to you in 2023. Happy
4: New Year, Dan. He's
3: he's Rich Hornberger. I'm Dan Byer. This is Fox Sports Radio.